All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is our third edition of 619. And uh, today, our wonderful guest is Victor Martinez. Say hello, Vic. How you guys doing? Thank you for the opportunity. No, man. No, thank, thank you, you. for coming <laughs> on the show, yeah, man. This is, this is pretty cool. So you're our first you're our first actual, like, baseball guest. I don't know. Uh, our, our guests on our previous show were our moms. And that was pretty easy because they were our moms. And that was easy. Wow. Well, uh, it makes me feel a little more uh, proud if I say, you know, being the first uh, player that you guys host here, you know. Yeah, it's a special Thank you, guys. Thank you. No, man. Like I said, gracias a ti. <laughs> <laughs> gracias a ti. That's what I tell Victor every time he drives me in. He dri- Like, every time yeah. I score, I'll see him in the dugout. No, I'll be like, oye, we think. Gracias a ti. No, no. I got to thank him because he's the one that's running. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um... So anyway, we're actually doing uh, this episode in Cleveland. So right now, I'm looking at uh, at the field as they set it up for our early batting practice as we uh, start this three-game series. This pretty important series against the Cleveland Indians. Huge series. Couldn't be a bigger series. Yeah. So this is. So how do you feel, Shane, about recording on the road? Um, I honestly wasn't really expecting it, but it's cool, I guess. They must be liking it because we got approached. We got approached this we, time. We we so got whoever's approached. listening likes it. Yeah, so Vic, right, uh, uh, and I can't imagine you going on a on a different ballpark. You know, you already uh, you already know your uh, your ballpark in Detroit. Yeah, and coming to a different booth and stuff here, you know, it can be a little nervous. Yeah, are you nervous, Vic? Uh, uh believe it or not, man, I'm I'm more nervous here than downstairs in the batter's <laughs> box. <laughs> there's nothing to be nervous about. Yeah, there's not. We're there's nothing because if you say anything you don't like, guess what? We could just run and we can edit it out edit real it right quick. Out. Erase it. We can do. We can do take two. This could be take seven, and you guys don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're probably we're gonna start this uh, this segment off, I think, by answering some of the questions. And an idea that Shane had is we're gonna start talking. We're gonna attach the fans' names to give them some love too. Yeah. So basically, we got a couple questions from Twitter. Uh, first question: G Law nineteen seventy six wants to know. G Law. Uh, besides Comerica Park, what stadium is your favorite to play in, and what's your least favorite? <coughs> Vic, how about you answer that one first? Well, uh, one of my favorite ballparks to play uh, is definitely Chicago White Sox. The White Sox? It's a very, very uh, uh, hitter's ballpark. I know. I had a good series there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great series. Then, um, you know, too bad that I didn't get to play much in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But, oh my um, God. you know, I think uh, uh, it, it, it'll it be Chicago. Chicago? For me, yeah. What about least favorite? Least favorite? Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> Don't um, do it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think, uh, let me see. Let me see this. Uh, the uh, Anaheim. Anaheim? Uh, ball at Anaheim night. is tough to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Anaheim is very tough to see, especially yeah. in the first couple of innings. Right. Well, once you get in, you know, night, we're already in, almost in the fifth inning, and you already have at least two at bats. It's interesting you guys say that because I gave up five homers in the first two innings one time in a start there. So it was it a day game? To see. It was a night game. It was a night game. It was still day, and I was done pitching. Well, that's the good old saying: swing hard in case you hit it. <laughs> in case you hit it, that's right. Yep. Yep. Um, what about you? My favorite park. My favorite park that I've played at probably is uh, I really like Camden Yards in Baltimore. Um, Why? That's an extremely wow. hitter-friendly well, park. Well, because yeah. I don't like the park based on uh, 
hitter friendly or pitcher friendly. I just like the park. Like if I was a fan, I would really enjoy going to that park. But how do you there. how do you do when you pitch? Uh, I pitched well there. My my second start ever, uh, my career was at Camden Yards, and I pitched really well. So I have some pretty good memories there too. But as far as the park and everything, like the bullpen and everything, it's it's one of my favorites. What's your least favorite? <sighs> least favorite? Um, I've had some bad ones in Anaheim, but. <laughs> Uh, as far as like the actual ballpark, um, I don't I don't love Oakland, but it's I'm it's, with you. Yeah, I don't love Oakland, but it's kind of cool because it's so different. So you kind of just gotta embrace the the fact of how different it is. And well, and for us as a hitter, there's a lot of foul ground. We right? we hate we hate Oakland. It, it's too much space. Too much space. There's a lot of you space. Hit a, you hit a foul ball, you're out. Go get your glove. <laughs> go, go get go get your glove. If you got one. If you got <laughs> me, go to the beater room. <laughs> nice. I'd say I'm with Vic. I, I mean, any. I'll tell you what, man. Cincinnati, what a park to hit in. I, well, let's say this. Just from 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 an environment standpoint, playing in L.A. when we I, my rookie season, we went to the Dodgers. That was a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, we played a close game. I think you hit a homer in, in the extra innings to put us up. You remember that? Kelly Jensen. Yeah, you do remember Top that. Top of the 10. You're back. Top of the 10th. I hit my first homer in that game. That, That's right. That That's my first right. homer to dead center off of Josh Beckett. That atmosphere is, 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 really, is really good. Also, for some reason, I love, I love playing in Seattle. Yeah, I, I like know. Seattle a lot, too. I don't know why I like playing in Seattle. Me too. Chicago in the That's summertime good. is really nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'd say my least, least favorite... favorite? My least favorite, I don't love playing in Houston. Really? I don't love, I don't, I, maybe it's just because I don't do well. I don't feel like I see the ball that well there. I don't love it. What Man, about, uh, love either. what about Tropicana? Have we talked about that? Hmm. Tro- here's Tropicana I like just because it's close to home, so I always have friends and stuff yeah, there. But the play, the place. Well, do you here, like the place? Do I like the place? Yeah. No, the atmosphere there is not very good because no. I'm I'm inside the batter's box trying to hit, and I can hear the people well, announcing me, from the radio booth. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Playing in Tropicana, I think uh, playing a spring training game is more interesting than than in, in Tropicana. In, in, in Tropicana, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I think I think I have one of the best numbers in any any ballpark in, in really? Tropicana. I don't know. For some reason, I just so that's your get spot. hit. Close my eyes, swing, hit. Yeah, I don't love it either. The bullpen there, you got to sit on a bench and then look this way the whole time so you get a crick in your neck. Well, that's yeah. what we got teetering rank for. <laughs> <laughs> just don't get here early. <laughs> All right, Greeny, what's our next question? Uh, next question is from Megapudge19. Megapudge. They want to know, what did it feel like when your name was announced at your first Major League game, and what was the most memorable thing that happened during that game? Well, for me, that was in back in 2002. I was actually right here in this on-deck circle. And, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't even swing the bat in the on deck circle that's how nervous. scared and nervous i was oh. and i was like really and i you know i went to the plate and i i don't know i was they throw me change ups curveball and i i was looking everything like it was going by me like 95 miles per hour <laughs> and i couldn't even swing the bat that's how i was and how old nervous. were you i was 23 23 what'd you do your first at bat 
Yeah, I hit. I think I hit a ground ball. At that that game, I, uh, I I think I went one for four with two RBIs. But yeah, that first at bat, I think it was like a little jam fly ball or something. Who'd you get your first hit off of? It's uh, I think his last name was Miller, uh, right-handed from the uh, Blue Jays. Used to uh, they let him. He used to pitch with a long sleeve. They he could couldn't pitch with a short sleeve because his arm was all tattooed. Really. Yeah, uh, it's a last name Miller. Thank you. But what about you, Green? Uh, my first, my first time being announced into a game. Uh, I was a Yankee. I made my debut in Fenway Park, um, and I'll never forget running out of the bullpen and running to the mound. Same kind of deal. I couldn't feel my legs. I saw the mound, and I could tell I was moving closer to it, but I wasn't exactly sure how I was <laughs> getting closer because I couldn't feel my body. Uh, got there, told myself, as long as you don't throw the first warm-up pitch to the backstop, you're going to be all right. And I threw the first one right down the middle. So, um, I'm, you know, I started to relax a little bit, and then my debut didn't go exactly as planned. But uh, that feeling, running out those doors for the so first your, time. your debut was a, as a reliever? Yeah, my debut was a reliever. Actually, I made my first start in the big leagues here in Cleveland, uh, like a month and a half later. And I went five and two thirds perfect here, uh, my first start, and got the got the win. Like we won like three to two or something like that. Nice. So it was it was pretty special. My my most memorable moment of my of my debut was is is just the moment of me walking through those doors for the first time onto a big league field. That was that was pretty special for me. Yeah, what about what about Nick Nicholas? Um, <clears throat> my my first time uh, when they announced my name was. On the on-deck circle in Comerica Park, I was pinch-hitting for Alex Avila. I got called up that day, and we had a uh, September day game. Uh, Verlander pitched, and, I mean, I didn't do anything. I flew out to right and hit a ground ball to short. I think the most memorable thing I did was go face first into the left field fence on uh, (laughs) on Mike Avila's grand slam. Uh, Andy Dirks came over and asked if I was okay, though, and I said, yeah. So that that was my... That was my debut. Your most memorable moment. My my debut was was running into the fence trying to get a well what ended up being the the winning homer. The winning homer is the one you ran into the fence on. Yeah, it was, but it was way out. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. It wasn't even close. But you had a good route. It was. And you then, had a beat on. Hey, it. I, I he said I'm gonna make this in the rest. <laughs> well, I was just the ball came. I was like, I I gotta catch this. <laughs> I need to catch this ball, and. uh the the warning track in Comerica Park was way softer than it was in Toledo because Toledo, it, what I remember, it was gravel. Mm-hmm. So like when you're on the warning track in Toledo, you know you're on the warning Where track you in at? Toledo. Yeah. And, and in, in Comerica, it was dirt. You know, which I don't know. I was just so focused on that ball, I didn't know where I was, and I just went straight, straight into, the, into the wall. Yeah. But Andy, in Dirks your head, you were you were listening, uh, hearing somebody say, "You got room, you got room." <laughs> <laughs> no, in my head, I was like, "I need to catch this ball." <laughs> You got room, you got room all of a sudden. Bam. Bam. Then you found out you got no room. Yeah. All right, next question, Green. Next question. Uh, Bates Mandy wants to know, what is your biggest pet peeve with fans, and can you hear fans talking when you're in the dugout? Yes. The other day I was hitting in, in Chicago. Come on, Victor, you viejo. <laughs> for, for all you uh, Span- it, non-Spanish speakers, viejo is old. Oh, so someone say, uh, come on, you old uh, guy. Yeah, come on, you old guy. But he, 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 he said he say in English, he said it just like this. 
Come on, Victor, you viejo. So I was, you know, digging in the door, and I hear that I start laughing. I was about <laughs> to turn turn around and say, tell me something that I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, we hear them clearly. What about you, Green? Uh, in the bullpen, we hear a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, when we're on the road, obviously, uh, you can hear anything and everything from, from opposing fans. But um, I, think the, I think my biggest pet peeve is uh, – the parent that's mad at me because I won't give their child a ball when it's their birthday. Because it's if, every if kid's that, birthday. If that was the case, it's every kid's birthday. We'd have to give away twenty thousand baseballs a day, and that's not my job to do that, you know. And then they get mad at me, and I feel bad because I want to give the kid a baseball, but like I don't have a bag of twenty thousand baseballs to give all the birthday kids right, a baseball. Right. Because every kid that goes to the game, it just happens to be their birthday. Yeah. So yeah. I have to, I have to let the fans know, like, if we can't give your child a ball, please don't be angry with us. Just go to the, to the store, the team store, and buy one for seven dollars, and everybody's happy. And believers, I mean, we we want to give it to them. I mean, yeah. Well, if if I could give you it a ball, I it would. It doesn't cost anything to us. But we, we just we just we can't, can't do it because like if we you get say, man. The one uh, birthday kid a ball, then 20, we're getting all twenty thousand. Well, how about that? Ball. How about that with like autographs before the game? Same. When when like you want to sign one autograph, but the problem is is that there's there's a line there's there's a hundred people. Well, over there. there is always that one more, one more, one more, and then if we keep going, one more, one more, game's gonna start. The game's gonna end, and you still sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're still signing, and you want it, and you want to sign. And the, it's not do. that you don't want to sign because you're you're making the kids' day or whatever it may be, but you just sometimes you just can't, and some parents can't fathom that. Right, and you know, uh, uh, at the end of the game, right, we, we, the game ends at you know 10:30. You'll be ready to go home uh, around 11. Yeah. Right, but you know, I don't know if, if the fans know. Like we get to the ballpark pretty early. We get yeah. to the ballpark around one, one thirty, right? Mm -hmm. So we spend for a, a lot seven o'clock game. For the seven o'clock game. Not for a seven one o'clock game. Right. So, well, for a one o'clock game, for special me because I'm viejo. Uh, I have to get to the ballpark around seven thirty. You have to start waking it up. Uh, yes. Victor yeah. has to start waking up. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a process. Does. You know, it's a process now. So, but, and then. You know, you walk out with your family and, you know, you still, you know, give a little bit of time mm -hmm. to, to, you know, to get with the fans and sign and stuff. But there, there's still a lot of people, you know, that, oh, come on, man, and this and that. Yeah, but, they get you know, angry. you got to understand that we have, we have family, we have kids, you know. Well, this is our this is our job, right? You know, so like, let's say if if we're that's no different than if you're uh, a school teacher or an accountant or something, and you're getting ready to walk in for a lesson plan that you have, and all of a sudden you have. 40 people out there asking for the teacher's autograph and you also have you know kids that you got to teach right you know, right. this is our occupation right and right. you know we have to get ready for that no different than anybody else mm -hmm. correct exactly so that that's my biggest pet peeve so i hope everybody can can understand where we're coming <coughs> from and know that just because we're not signing and we're not giving you a ball doesn't mean we don't appreciate you guys being here and doesn't mean that we don't want to do it uh sometimes our hands are just tied right so we can't we can't exactly uh do what you're asking at, I'd at say, that time. I'd say my biggest pet peeve is when you have some fans that just say the most outrageous things. Like, we're not people listening to that. Obviously, yeah. I can't say what some of these fans oh, no. tell us on the podcast because Absolutely. then we get in trouble for saying bad things. Bad things. <laughs> but I just think I think it's, it's, it's that when you just kind of hear something, when it, they're talking about either yourself or your family members or this or that. And you just kind of look at them, and you're just like, man, like, how angry are you inside 
that that's just okay for you to tell tell that to somebody. Yeah, you want to know how we do we deal with that in the pen? How do? You, oh yeah, tell it. I know, but tell them. Okay, so we'll tell the fans how we deal with that in the pen. So what happens is, is if we got a guy who's down there and he's heckling us real bad, and it's still pretty early in the game, so nobody's exactly locked in yet. Um, the one of our bullpen catchers will uh, let me know that we're gonna do the point and laugh. And so what happens is, is He'll sit there, and the guy will start talking trash to him again, and he'll turn around and look at him and start laughing, and he'll call me over and say nothing to me but pretend like he's saying something and then point at the guy, and I'll turn around and look at him, and I'll start laughing, and then I'll call over someone else, and I'll whisper something to them and point at the guy, and then Uh, we're all – and four minutes later, the whole bullpen standing there pointing at the guy (laughs) laughing, and he has no idea what's going on. That's that the usually, worst, man. Yeah, That's the worst. That usually that usually gets him to shut up and we try to have fun with it, so it's it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. So how many more questions we got, Vic, before um, we can start diving into to Victor? We got we got one more question. And okay. this question is from Tigers Fan Mags. Was this the one that you told me walking over here was good? Yeah, I like this question a lot. <laughs> okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, now I understand why you didn't want to tell me. So uh, we're, we're walking over to Cleveland, and he's like, man, I got this one question, and it's great. I'm like, perfect. Tell me what it is. And he goes, no, I'm not going to tell you until we're there because I want your genuine <laughs> reaction. And that's funny. Is yeah. a hot dog a sandwich? That's a good question. I told you it was a good question. I th- I mean. <laughs> is it well, a sandwich? What do you think, no, Nick? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, no. <laughs> what if it's you a hot dog. What uh, if you cut a hot dog in half? And you put it on a hamburger bun. Is it then a sandwich? What happens if you just cut that the hot dog bun in half, and then like just put the hot dog and then the separate bun then on top of it? Does right. it then become a sandwich? I think it, or does it become, right there. Or, it, be, no, it can become a, a, a sandwich. I think it becomes a sub. Which is that? I a think sandwich? it becomes a sub. Which is, technically it's a subway sandwich. Sandwich. Or sand dog. <laughs> sand dog. Come so, to the ballpark no. and get your sand dog. So sand final dog. answer is it's a sand dog. <laughs> it's a sand dog. Do you, <laughs> do you like mustard or ketchup on your sand dog? Uh, I, I'm more of a ketchup on my sand dog guy personally, or or oh maybe some God. cheese, a little cheese and ketchup. A little cheese and ketchup on your sand dog. On my sand dog. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's so let's start so, ask let's start asking Vic. So Vic. You know, you came you, – let's talk about your journey for a little bit. You came over from Venezuela, and you ended up making your way over to the big leagues. And, you know, you're one of the very few Venezuelans to have over 2,000 hits, over 1,000 RBIs, um, you know, a career pretty much 300 average. Like when, you, like when you sit up here and, you know, obviously you're on the tail end of your career, like what do you think of it all? Like from where you started until right now? Well, uh, um, from where I started to where I am now, it's. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. You know, if I always say this to my wife, you know, if maybe I come in another life, next life, and God tell me you want to be a baseball player, the only way that I'm, I'm gonna accept it is if I'm gonna make it to the big leagues. If not, I go to school. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong, nothing to regret, mm-hmm. you know. But you guys know it's, it's a hard it, road. It's, it's a hard road, 
you know, uh, uh, especially when you're in the minor leagues, coming from another country that you don't speak the language. You know, I remember uh, one spring training, we only get $20 a day, you know, and I didn't know how to say anything in English. So I ha I had breakfast and then I had lunch around 11.30 because we played on the road. So when we got back, I was going, have to walk like two miles to get to the hotel. But in between, it was a, a, a Burger King and a Fasoli's. It, it was it, almost as a Fasoli, it's like Italian place, mm -hmm. but you can order with uh, by numbers. Mm -hmm. If I said a number, I was eating. So I was hungry. I was uh, I was in the, in a room with Marcus Currero and three more players, you know, but they, they didn't make the trip, so I was by myself walking. And I walked into the place. The lady was, I'm going to help you, and I thought she was speaking Chinese to me. <laughs> I, I, I went like this, like... Uh, and then I, I, you know, I start looking and kind of acting like I know what I was doing, and I swear to God, I don't know how to order. I mean, if I were to say number one, any number, yeah. I, w I was eating. So I waited. The lady turned around a little bit, and I just ran out and go to the hotel. And I was just praying the whole way. I hope this guy hasn't eaten, so I, you know I can go eat with him. Mm -hmm. So when I put my key, you know, open the door. That 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 room was dark and cold. Nobody and was in it. No, they were sleeping, and I got in there, you know, real quiet. And, and that was around five. Mm -hmm. And I got up again. They got me up around seven thirty. Let's go eat. And I was like a like a dog, like <laughs> 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 you know. But uh, yeah, man, it's it, it's tough. It's tough. And uh, you know, like I say, man, I, I don't regret anything. And that just make me appreciate even more what I have in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Well, well let me, let's talk about playing baseball in Venezuela. Talk about, like, the fields you played at, the kind of, like, equipment that you guys had. Well, uh, Give, uh, Paint these guys a picture <laughs> of, of your life in Venezuela. Well, uh, we used to make we used to make a little glove out of, out of um, orange juice. Um, the cartons? Carton orange juice. You made it? a glove out of orange oh, juice yeah. cartons? Oh, yeah. yeah. After this podcast, we're going to the clubhouse and asking for an orange juice carton, and you're going to teach yeah, me how to do that. No, but, Nick, I... Uh, I I I, for, I forgot how, how to do it. Well, we're gonna remember. You thought it's on YouTube? Yeah, and and we used to you know borrow glove, mm -hmm. and we don't have anything. Like, you know, we just play get, play play ball just and play. yeah, you know. Sometimes we just play bare feet, you know, in a softball field. Mm -hmm. You know, behind my mom's house used to be a softball field, and uh, you know, getting ground balls like those fields. You're like. When we first came in here and we look at all those fields, you take a ground ball with your eye closed. You know, after you after you're those in, in those fields, you know it become like, wow, look at this. It shouldn't be the hard. It shouldn't be the hard. You know, catching. You know, you getting ground balls and you be like, you know, <laughs> looking at GPS or something. Where the ball's gonna go? But uh, it's, it, it it was hard. It was hard, especially for me. And this is for people to understand the mm -hmm. Victor. Never has speed. Never. I never, I could run for nothing. So, <laughs> Not even when you were young. Not even when I was young. Victor you, never had speed. Never. It actually. If we can name a podcast, that's what we would name this one. Victor, Victor. has never had speed. Never. Right. Because, you know, uh, uh, in Venezuela, the, the scouts used to uh, test for the 60 yard, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and they used to uh, test seven seconds or less. Mm -hmm. So when I was a shortstop, I used to be at 
make make that a 7.4, mm -hmm. 7.5. So they make me a catcher. The Indians make me a catcher because I was low. Mm -hmm. So two weeks later, when I start catching this and that, they make make us run the 60 yard again, and then I I, I went to seven one. I was like, really? Now I'm a catcher, and I, I go seven <laughs> now one. Now I want to be fast. You know, but I never had speed, never. And so that almost cost me to sign a professional baseball because I actually went jump on a bus 10 hours, right? And this, uh, it was uh, with the Phillies, uh, a tryout with the Phillies. And this guy, whoever don't make the 60 yard under seven, we're not allowed to take ground balls and we're not allowed to hit. Wow. So I wow. remember I, 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 make, I make that one on 7.4 and that was it for me. If it makes you feel better, when I was a senior in high school, I ran a 7.8. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, on that note, let's change the topic, Shane. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, and, and uh, I never thought, Nick uh, and Greeny, that I, I was going to get signed in a game because I I, I couldn't hit either. Uh, I mean, Hold on. I, Excuse I never. Excuse me? Well, this this was the thing, though. I never strike out. I always had we contact. We know that. I always had contact, but I was 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. When? 150 pounds. So I had contact, but nothing. No power. And no, nothing like they—they they used to put the outfielders right, right at the, uh, uh, for where the shortstop is. Like literally, like nothing. So, and I never strike out. So I had my content. Then when I assigned with the Indians, I went to this program, and there was a guy, another guy, and me, and it was like 30 players that live in the house. Mm -hmm. That if you. If you would have done with your lunch or your your meal, you 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 want more. You have to wait for me and the other guy to be done, and, and we say now if we want more, you can. So if I say no, I'm good. Okay, you go you go ahead. We have priority to eat because they wanted wow. you to put on weight. To put on weight. So wow. when I started put on put on weight, then I was seeing the you know the result. I was seeing the ball you know jumping out of my butt, and that's how I start. You did, know, did you hitting. switch it your whole life? Yeah. I started switch hitting since I was like like six years old, six, seven years old. So you did it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, uh, you know. How did uh, you start switch hitting? I don't know. I, we used to play, Nick. We used to play uh, uh, behind my mom's house. It was a softball stadium, right? And uh, we used to play two and two. One pitching and one in, in, in left field. So two-man so, ball. Two-man ball. So we used to hit uh, run from home play straight to second. And then one shouldn't a second. With a with a hit, you have to go all the way home because you don't want to be in a rundown. You, you're gonna be out anyways. Mm -hmm. So we we have some rules, like if you hit the ball from second base over this way in ground ball, you were good. But we put a line. If you hit it up in the air, like from ram over here up in the air, yeah. you know, over there was an out. So that's what we play. And then I start hit, I start hitting left-handed, hit it to the other way. You know, I was hitting like one on one, and that's how we. You spend the whole day playing. You it. make up your own games. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. Did That's you ever play anything like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of of course, you know, playing two-man ball and, and playing, like, handball or burn ball or whatever in between tournaments. I mean, here's the thing. Like, listening to that, you know, just puts into perspective how, you know, silver spoon I was, you mm -hmm. know, because my dad was, was a doctor, and he made great money in, in, in the United States. So, you know, I was privileged to go and play on – you know, the best, you know, rec teams. And then because I was a good player, I got put on the travel team. So, I mean, like, I was playing consistent baseball year-round. I don't even, I don't ever remember not playing baseball year-round. Right. You know, like organized baseball. 
So, you know, when we played, so when we would try to come up with games, it was more like, you know, we have a tournament or we have a double header and there's a two and a half hour window. Yeah. And then we go and look for like an empty field to play tackle football. Uh, you know, remember that game? It was called like 500 or something where you mm-hmm. just take it and you call you out a number and you throw it and then you try to jump and catch it or things like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was that was uh, that was me, you know, but I think it's I think it's crazy. And I have so much respect for for the Latin players because, you know, they, they come from playing barefoot behind their parents house to being superstars here in the United States. That's crazy. You know? It's Crazy. it's actually something that I don't think I'll ever be able to truly, uh, you know, comprehend because I can't I can't go back and live that life, you know. Like you so. can't like you didn't even like like think about it, you know. You you you're you're a very famous, well known, extremely now wealthy baseball player where life gets, you know, is easier for us because people want to accommodate us, but. You know, 20 years ago, you're walking into a Burger King at 4 in the morning and you walk out because you're embarrassed because you don't understand how to order. Yeah. Well, I, I remember um, I used to get up in the minor leagues around 11, 11.30. And I was like, Mm-mm, it's too early to go eat. So I put myself in the bed again, just get up again around 1.30 or 2. Okay, this time. Because with $20, yeah, you, you know, can only eat so much. You can only eat. You know, well, and you gotta, but you gotta say, you gotta save it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and I had a story about that because you know you go on a on a road trip for seven days, you mm-hmm. give you hundred and forty bucks. So, I used to put maybe you know twenty or forty, hide it in you know my wallet. So when I I got to the big leagues here, you know, our travel secretary Mike Segi is still here. He's still here. So uh, he gave me he gave me an envelope. We went on the road for uh, seven days. When I opened the envelope, it was like. 800 bucks mm-hmm. something and i'm like wait a minute yeah i heard they play some 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 games on, on the rookies so i wait to everybody sit then i went over here and i thought listen uh i opened the, this envelope and and all this money was here so what well, 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 you know why is this yeah did why you is there so purple? much right <laughs> and you know he, he stared at me like you know and he told me son welcome to the big league and that's your meal money i was like what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! My paycheck it was like eight hundred in Triple yeah. A. Yeah, I mean and still in in Triple A now. I remember in in two thousand thirteen. You know, my two week paycheck was nine hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, right? And then in A ball, yeah, in, in so, A ball is four hundred bucks. And that's that's one of you know, believe it or not, but that's that's one of those things that make me. I was always, and I you know, and maybe. Th- that that was why maybe I have a success here in the big league, but I really was afraid to get sent down. Mm-hmm. And that was why uh, I always work hard. I always work so hard because I don't want to go back. After you see everything that you, you you know that you got here in the big leagues, your know, clubhouse, the way you're traveling, you know, everything. You eat better, you know. Mm-hmm. You can you get to dress a little better too so i mean everything's better and and for me it was just i don't i just don't want to go down again so did you ever did you ever get option down once you got up no well i i, I got i got i got called up in 2002 in in september mm-hmm. right and in 03 i started the year in triple a and i got i got called up in in june and that was it and that was it yeah you've been here ever since mm-hmm. that's amazing so 
Vic, another thing that I want to touch on that a lot of people really can't understand is that not only have you had a 16-year career in the big leagues, but you've also raised a family uh, in a 16-year in, in 16 years in the big leagues. And you know, we see how much effort you put in wanting to spend time with your children. Um, but also, let's let's talk to the fans a little bit. And I understand it because I have one son, uh, Liam, but you have three girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about you know raising a family here in the big leagues and the challenges that that we have and living pretty much out of a suitcase for for nine months out of the right. year. Right, it, it, it's hard, you know. Believe it or not, and you say that key, a keyword like my wife want to go to a vacation, my you know, mm-hmm. and I told my wife one time, don't let me go, don't don't let me get home because uh, our clothes spend the whole year in a suitcase. Don't let me get home. Once I get home, I don't want to leave. You're not gonna want to go right? anywhere. But uh, you know, at the same time, I give I really give all the credit to my wife because they uh, they are the ones that spend the most time with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I feel really I feel really proud when people come to me and say that Victor Jose is a, is a you know great kid, this and that, mm-hmm. and you know. But you know, it's it, it, it's a uh, it's hard. It's hard because we got on the road for eight days, ten days. You know, and the, I get home and my wife, she's like, you know, all grumpy. And, ah, these kids are getting me crazy. And you got to get them. Victor Jose's bought and this and that. And I told my wife, listen, that's the last thing I'm going to do. I haven't seen the kids for 10 days. Mm-hmm. Tell I'm me not going to go it. yell at them now. Tell me gonna, about it. I'm not going to go, you know, hard on them because the last thing I want is my dad's never home. And when he's home. You know he's he's all grumpy. He's he's all you know every time yelling at mm-hmm. us. And so I tell my wife, please, you know, keep me away from this. Don't tell me anymore. Yeah, there's a point that I see the kids like they get a little too intense. And mm-hmm. hey, enough. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think you've done that same clap to me when I was a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Nick. That makes uh, that makes me feel really proud too. You know how far have you come? You know he had he had come a long way. He's growing I mean, up right in front of you. Yes, because I used to I used to yell at him. Why? Tell me one reason why you why you did this. <laughs> he he you was your, he was your kid at the field while you right, bro. I was everybody's kid <laughs> at the field at one point. But you know, hey, you you start seeing the results, mm-hmm. and you know that may, it make you feel proud <clears throat> because. He's gonna take over from here on. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, coming back from from raising a family, man, it, it's it's hard, you know. Uh, and uh, at some point, uh, uh, Nick, I thought I thought about uh, quitting baseball when I was uh, I got traded here in '09, and then uh, in 2010 I got to play the whole year in, in Boston. That was my first time in my career that I was with without my family. So every off day I had to jump on a, on, a, on a plane, go to Orlando, see my kids, and then come back the day of the game and go straight to the ballpark, and that was killing me. Mm-hmm. So then I find out, I find out about homeschool. Yeah, that was my next question. And then I was like, wow, I didn't even know that that is six. You know, I can do that with my kids. So and then the, uh, um, we start doing the homeschool since 2010 until today. You know, I think. It's been uh, one of the best uh, decisions that we have made. You know, ha- I- I'm spending a lot of time with them, and you know that that was something that I really wanted to do because, you know, I lost my dad when I was six years old, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I I spend the most time that I can with my kids and my you know my family. That's incredible. 
the I I've I've never been homeschooled, but um, I do know a couple of people that have, and it's. it's do you have? Do you, is it all online, or do you have a lady? No, that no, comes no. We have a house? yeah. We have a teacher that goes that goes to the house. Uh, they start at eight thirty, and they be out. You know, there is some day they they get lazy and they mm-hmm. get out at two thirty. There's some day they're quick and they get out at one one thirty. But you know how it is, Victor Jose, my son, my older son, mm-hmm. Victor Jose, is uh, he's, he's thirteen, about to be fourteen. And you know he's he started telling my wife and I you know he's he's want to go out now he's yeah. wanna, he's want to go to school now with his friend and stuff you know. Well, let me ask you this: when you when you retire, do you think that you'll let the kids go to school because you'll be able well, to stay home? Well, you know, you know what? That uh, w- believe it or not, uh, those are things that uh, my wife and I have been talking about it, and I think the two little ones we're gonna keep it a homeschool. Mm-hmm. The two little ones, uh, it's five years old, and the and the other one is one. And the other two, my daughter, she's uh, 11, Victor Jose, 13. I think they're, they're going to go to a, a, a real school, and then we're going to keep these two in homeschool. What, uh, my question for, for you is, for the last 16 years of your life, you've been told where to be and what time to be there for 180 days a year. How are you going to handle having... Look, 365 off days a year. No schedule. <laughs> longer, yeah. No schedule. Think about it. Longer than 16 years because he got you got signed. You got uh, yeah. drafted when yeah. you were what 16 with the uh, minor 17. leagues and everything. Yeah, 17. 17. So yeah, that's a it's a great question. I and think for the fans that can't see Vic's arms right now, he's got goosebumps while he's answering. This yes, question. you know, uh, 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 there's a point that I mean, I'm ready for my own schedule. Uh, I I really do. I'm ready for my own schedule. Like uh, like I say, man, uh, um, I've been I've been a, I've been a soldier of this game. I, you know, I I have no regrets. I'm gonna walk out of this game, and I and I know I left everything on the field. Uh, every every year after the season was over, I used to take three to four weeks off and then back at it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and once I start working out, I never never wants to take <coughs> a, not even a, a week. Off. Yeah, no vacations. Once no you vacations. I, that was my wife. You know, when I told my wife, you want to go to vacation, we have to go right away. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, I, I, I thought myself, I don't like to cheat myself because once I start working out, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. You can spend the whole year working out. You, you stop for a week and you're like, oh, you feel man. Out of shape you know? already. Right. So I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Man. Make my own schedule. You know, the, 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 Oh, you have to be uh, stretches at nine thirty, you know, and, and spring training here, and then mm-hmm. you know, during the season five twenty. People, people don't don't know what is going on behind the scenes. You Absolutely. know, for a, for a seven or five, seven ten games, you know, we get to the ballpark. We get to do. the ballpark at, at one, and and it's, it's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work, especially when you get older. Especially when you get older. So when I got to the big league, there were some veterans here. And I used to see those guys in the hot tub. What are they doing there? Like I was like, what are they? And they were, like, yeah, yeah. Keep laughing. Wait till you're 30. Wait till you're 30 something. I was like, ah. I used to come to the ballpark, take my shirt off, put my uniform, go. Ready to go. Now it's a process. It's a process. I got. I had to get get here early. And you know, if I don't go to the hot tub, I can't move. Well, you also but go from the hot tub to the cold tub. Right. Back to the hot tub. <laughs> Back to the cold tub. Right. Back to the hot tub. So, <laughs> hey, it's, uh, right, right now, I am 
I feel like those old cars back in the day, that when you're going to turn it on, you're going to be like... So that's me. A lot of times in day games, that's me. My body doesn't want to turn on. Okay, put more ice on the cold towel. Put more ice. I have to turn this body on. But you know what? I thank God, man. I thank God that let me... The let me experience both sides. Yeah. When that, I was young yeah. and I I must stretch nothing. Yeah, you're just playing. Play. You're still playing. And now that I can just I have to really I, I have to be careful to get up from the from the chair. Be careful, I don't pull anything. Okay, <laughs> I'm good. You know, I I thank God for that, man. I you know. So that's why I, I that's why I keep telling you guys that the time to take care of your body is now. That's when I dictate how long you're going to stay in this game. Well, you try to – and that's one thing that I've learned from uh, from you and Tori and, um, you know, the other Rajay Davis is that you look at the – look at I mean, look at Rajay Davis. Rajay Davis is like 36, and that guy is flying around yeah. the bases. <laughs> it's incredible. But, it's, but I'll tell you what, it's, he's not waking up and flying around the bases. That guy has uh, a stretch routine, a strength routine, uh uh, a maintenance routine. I mean, it's a, it's his, it's his job, and he mm-hmm. takes pride in that. And I think yeah. the younger that you can understand that, you know, your bo- if you're an athlete mm-hmm. and you want to take it serious, your body is your office. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, and That's you got to, and you got to take care of it. And it starts with how, what. If uh, you were, if you were 16, and your parents gave you your first car, and they said, "Hey, this is the only car you're ever gonna get your whole life." You'd probably take care of that car. When I'm 16, no, I wouldn't, because I didn't take <laughs> care of anything. The, if it was the only car you'd ever get in your whole life, absolutely, you would learn to take listen, care. of it. They would tell me that. It. They would tell me that. But when I'm 16, I wouldn't listen. I didn't know how right. to listen. But your, but your, your body is your only car. That's right. the point. Well, ev- well everybody's You'll body never, is their only car. Right. Well, you never get and another. Believe one. it or not, a lot of people doesn't understand that. That's why Nick say. As, uh, but as younger, as younger, that you can understand. Understand that, that. yes, the best. Is, is the and, better. He, and it doesn't. Even, I don't think it even has to do with athletes. I just and think it has to do with people that, in general. That, that is why you see, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people that plays twenty years. That's the different people play twenty years against five, mm-hmm. three years, because, you know, unfortunately, not many people listen. Not many people get to understand that. They understand so it's too late. That there is the difference. Mm-hmm. There is. I don't think I don't think they understand it's too late. I just think that they they start accepting the smaller and smaller box that they get put in because of their body. You know, like you know oh. how many people you know they're like we having this conversation and then one of us come and say, "Man, I I wish that I can have, I wish that I have somebody to to tell me back then mm-hmm. what I need to do or whatever. If I would I would have done, done this, this back then, right? I would have played." 15 years mm-hmm. you but know? How, right. there's a lot of a lot of people but like how many times but you know what a lot of times we do have that and it's our parents mm-hmm. but the right. problem is, is that we don't start becoming our parents children until we're adults ourselves. right you know what i'm saying like i'm 26 years old and i'm just now starting to become you know my mother's child right if that makes sense yeah you know because like i said my parents give me a, a car. This is the only car you're ever gonna have when you're 16 years old. When I'm 16, I'm like, thanks for the keys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and then you you you're gonna realize how valuable it was until you don't have the car and you have yeah. to walk 20 miles. Yeah, I would should I should have listened to my mom. Absolutely, well, but when but when would then, I listen? Yeah, yeah. When would I listen to my mom? When I'll tell you when late. I listen. When the car broke down and the engine is messed up 
and now I'm walking to the mechanic to try to get parts so that right. I can fix it myself. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when I'll start listening, mm -hmm. you know. But so the last thing, the last thing I want to talk about, Vic, is one thing that that I give you a lot of respect for is that you've also. So Victor is a very methodical person in the batter's box and uh, in poker on the airplane uh, and, and in life. So Victor has also taken extreme pride in planning his retirement after baseball. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that hat you're wearing right now that says Victoria's Ranch. All right. Victoria's Ranch, it's a, it's a 2,500-acre uh, ranch that I own in Okeechobee, Florida. That's mm -hmm. between Orlando and Miami. More, more tours at uh, Orlando. It's uh, actually it's like hour and twenty minutes from my house. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go from a baseball player to a uh, to a cattleman. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing, man? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I think that's uh, super cool. You're yeah, already wearing yeah, the boots. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna try really hard to to uh, uh, to help the country. You know, with the with the meat. Mm -hmm. So uh, I um. I have a, a black Angus, you know, cows mm -hmm. and, and bulls. So that's that's what I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do, and uh, I really I really love that. Uh, I sell the calf baby the babies from six to eight months, and we sell them around four hundred and thirty to almost five hundred pounds, and uh, you know that's how we do it. And 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 you're passionate about it. And yes, I yes I am, and. You know, it's nice. Once you like it, you know, you get early, uh, get up early in the morning. You know, get your horse ready, and uh, with the other, um, the other cowboys, and it's it's really cool, man. When you see six, seven, eight, you know, cowboys at the same time going into the pasture, go go get the, uh, <laughs> go get the cattle and stuff. It's nice. And then you know, after work, when you when you get your work done around you know three, four p.m., you know, you get get to get you you know beer to you know refresh you a little bit mm -hmm. and you know it's, it's it's pretty cool man and i'm really looking forward to it how long uh how long ago did you when did you start thinking about life after baseball well i started thinking a couple years ago like three years ago that's when i uh, i started looking for uh what i want to do what i'm going to do uh when i retire and uh yeah it was it was back like in 2015, like three years ago. Three years ago? Mm hmm Do you ever think about life after baseball, Shane? Uh, Sorry to uh, interrupt you here, but that's something that I never, I never, I never had it in my mind. Like when I started playing the big leagues, I thought I was going to play baseball forever. forever. Oh, you and me both. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it gets to the point that, the, you, you have to. I mean, it is what it is. You, you're not getting younger. You can't play forever. Right, and you're just not getting younger. Those kids are coming up right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody's throwing 100, you know. I mean. Everybody's throwing 100. So, uh, you know. Sucks uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, for me it was three years ago. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I don't see, I don't see you guys. You, you guys have a long way to go. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't I'm gonna be, it, honestly. I'm gonna be in the cow pen with a, you know, I'm gonna try to put a TV here or there, maybe to see when I see you guys, you know, hitting fly balls or ground ball and be hitting the helmet like, <laughs> oh my god! And I'll be like, no, he'll be he'll be doing that when I'm swinging at bad pitches. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. last thing before we wrap it up, 
You want to tell Victor his two-strike approach question? Yeah, so at the end of each of our podcasts, we do a segment that we call two-strike approach. And basically, uh, it's a question that we want you to dig a little bit deeper into and, and, and you know, and tell the fans your approach. But for you specifically, um, our two-strike approach for you is what is your two-strike approach because you don't strike out. Well, I do. I do strike. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe now. The the one thing is that I really hate. I really hate a uh, uh, strikeout because I said if I put the ball in play, uh, you just never know. You know, a lot of times I guess I get jammed, broken by hit. So I I don't like strikeout. But that is one thing that I'm. A, I'm a, I think I'm a better hitter when I got to strike out. Against when I'm ahead in the count, like mm-hmm. when I'm a, on a 2-0 count, a 3-1 count, you know, you can face me and, and you can throw that, that little two-seamer, you know, off the plate enough for me to swing, right? And you're going to get me the rollover because mm-hmm. I'm going to be more aggressive. More aggressive. Instead of, instead of one, once I got two strike, I sit on the plate, I sit, I sit on the plate and I'm going to let you throw the ball. Everything I'm going to do is react. If I mean, if you throw a fastball by me, you throw a fastball by me. If you throw that swing by that you have, that you know. Nowadays there is not many pitches that do it, but back in the days, I struck out a lot with those pitches because they're hard. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. hard to swing. But once I got to strike out, I mean, to strike, I just I just stay there and let you throw the ball, and and I'm just gonna react for whatever. Well, I've I've faced Victor once. And he had two strikes, and then he hit a homer. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was in Comerica when I was in Detroit. When I was a, when you I was know, a I, I I do my homework. So. I do my homework, and, and you know, I noticed that you know Shane likes to hey, hey Shane likes to bring it back with two strikes. You mm-hmm. know, and, and he brought it back right <laughs> over the right field fence. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him do that a lot. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, that's my uh, my two strike uh, approach. Two strike I mean, approach. you know. I just want to put the ball in play and, and and see what happens. Nice. Well, I think that that wraps it up. We're looking out and we're getting ready for early beefs. Getting ready here for early in, uh, beefs in Cleveland. So, Vic, man, thank hey, you for coming thank on. You for coming. Hey, it was th- awesome. hey, thank you guys. Enjoyed I pre- it. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Gracias a ti. No, no. Gracias thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time. See you there. Later. All right.